0: Way out of here. Oh man. This is Baseball Tonight the podcast.
1: This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Wednesday, October 27th, 2021, and today will be better than yesterday producing. From his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor i on Buster only working from the lobby in Houston, and I noticed this morning a lot of Spanish guitar music on the hotel, uh, in the hotel music uh, selections. Ooh, I like
2: that. I like that they mix it up. I like a good Spanish guitar, that classical, the plastic strings on it. There's just something about it. I'm, a, I'm a big I'm a Spainophile. I don't think that's a real word, but I uh, love the country of Spain. So I love their music as well. I'm, I'm a little jealous, Buster. That sounds calm. I wonder
1: if anybody's keeping track on it, like when they play the, you know, the Spanish guitar, uh, it, you know, does that mean that they'll keep it if the Astros win tonight? You know, Ooh. maybe they switched it up and went to a different tape. After the Astros lost last night, what do you think? I, I like it. I like it.
2: I mean, I'm assuming there's lots of media folks. And is, is, the, is the, you're at the team hotel? May? I guess those would be the
1: Braves. Wait, a lot of media folks, as you and I are taping at 7.50 a.m. Maybe they're After playing it all day. Four plus hour. After a four plus hour uh, game one of the World Series, I do not think that there are a lot of media members up and rolling through the, the hallway. Maybe as the morning goes along, though, right? Yeah, they'll keep it rolling, I'm sure. All right. Uh, Last night, Shohei Otani was presented with the Commissioner's Historic Achievement Award less than an hour before the start of the 2021 World Series on Tuesday night. A trophy with few recipients to commemorate a season without equal. Otani wore all black, sat next to Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred during the game and received the gold trophy almost reluctantly. The Braves and the Astros last night, Jorge Soler, got the Braves going in the first at bat of the game. 2-0
0: 2-0 and a swing and a ball hit to deep left field, and Atlanta strikes early. Solaire lines a rocket into the Crawford boxes. And three pitches into game one of the World Series, the Braves have a one-to-nothing lead.
1: That was the great Dan Schulman on ESPN Radio. Of course, ESPN Radio is the calls for all the World Series games, and Dan's working with Jessica Mendoza and Eduardo Perez. Yeah, so the Braves' goal coming into this game was to force Fromber Valdez to get the ball up in the strike zone. Jorge Soler got one up in the strike zone, and he hits it out. They continued to rally in the top of the first.
0: Valdez will look back at Albies with the 3-0. It's lined into left center, a base hit. It's going to be cut off on the edge of the track by McCormick. Albies easily in to score. Riley slides into second with an RBI double, and it is 2-0 Atlanta. In the bottom of the first inning, the Astros loaded the bases.
1: Charlie Morton on the mound for the Braves.
0: Morton sets. The 0-1 and a curveball pulled to the right side. Albies ranging to his left. The throw to first in time. Boy, what a good play by Ozzy Albies from shallow right to end the inning. The Astros will leave the bases loaded.
1: In the top of the second inning, the Braves kept the pressure on Fromber Valdez scoring a run, and they had the bases loaded
0: with Austin Riley at the plate. Valdez working from the windup. And the 0 2 curveball and a swing and a miss to get him and retire the side. So the Braves get one, but it could have been a lot worse. It's 3 0 Atlanta going to the bottom of the second.
1: Yeah, so that was a really rough start for Framber Valdez, who seemed completely out of sorts. His body language, he didn't seem comfortable at all. We'll be talking about that coming up with Jessica Mendoza. Bottom of the second inning, Yuri Guriel at the plate,
0: Charlie Morton on the mound. As the fastball grounded off, Morton ricochets to Freddie Freeman right near the bag at first. And that's a 1 3 first out here in the bottom of the second. And it appears he's all right. It looked like it got him pretty good around the shin, I believe. Nobody came out to check on him. He says he's fine. Going for a little walk behind the mound.
1: Yeah, and the ball was redirected almost directly to first baseman Freddie Freeman on that. And- when you saw Charlie Morton get hit, you figured that someone would come out and check on him, but Charlie probably just waved him off and said, I'm okay, and he was moving forward. But keep that play in mind. Top of the third inning, the Braves rallied again against Framber Valdez.
0: An extremely important pitch, obviously. It goes without saying, every pitcher's fastball is important, and that's one of the reasons why Valdez gets so many ground balls. Now this one is smoked to left, and it's gone! Adam Duvall sent that one into the Crawford boxes in a heartbeat and Atlanta touches up Valdez again and the Braves are now out in front five to nothing
1: and that was it for Fromber Valdez he came out of the game Dusty Baker pulling him in the top of the third inning a really disappointing result for the Houston Astros now in the bottom of the third inning Charlie Morton was on the mound and something unusual happened
0: strike three called on the curve Buckled again. Charlie gets that curveball for a strike, and the trainer comes out right now as Charlie and the trainer have a conversation, Dan. He he landed a little bit awkwardly. I think he lost his balance, or might, it might have stuck a cleat. And boy, Charlie Morton is walking off the field.
1: Yeah, I was part of the ESPN radio broadcast last night, and we are all looking at each other going, what happened on that play? And you did think, okay did he twist his knee did he turn his ankle something and we didn't even really think of that play that happened in the second inning on that uh, shot back hit hit back through the middle because there wasn't a lot of attention to charlie at that time but he came out of the game later in the game dan shulman got the news
0: and there is news and it is very very unfortunate news for the atlanta braves this is directly from the braves themselves charlie morton underwent x-rays tonight that revealed a right fibula fracture he will miss the remainder of the World Series so just a, a huge blow to the Braves and Charlie Morton's season is done And that is a big time loss for the Atlanta Braves to say the least yeah not only with their rotation
1: he would have been scheduled to pitch a game five if necessary potentially come back and pitch in relief in game seven but he is one of the center-of-the-heart guys uh, that the Braves have in their clubhouse. In the bottom of the eighth inning, the Braves had a six-to-two lead, and Yui Guriel made a strange decision.
0: He sets and fires, and Guriel drives the ball deep to left center field. And this is going to be high off the wall in play. Guriel on his way to second and thrown out. Thrown out at second base to end the inning. As Swanson took the throw, I think it was Rosario, the left fielder, who made the throw. Swanson took it on a bounce, reached around behind him, and got the tag down on Guriel.
1: The Atlanta Braves bullpen was outstanding, picking up the pieces after Charlie Morton left. Will Smith was on the mound in the ninth
0: inning. Smith is set. Again Altuve getting a huge lead. Freeman's not holding him. There goes Altuve and a swing and a ground ball to second. Drop picked up by Albies and on to first in time. And the Braves will win it. They come into Houston. They strike early. And they get really nice pitching out of all five of their pitchers. Unfortunately, Charlie Morton injured and now out for the season after suffering a fractured fibula but boy guys they got the jump on them early and this is a pretty impressive performance by the braves
1: first pitch is part of espn nation brought to you by dr pepper college football is back so are the fans return to glory with fansville by dr pepper the one fans deserved after the game i talked with freddie freeman
3: freddie game one in the books what was that like to play in a world series game Uh, it's it's really nice that was cool I got the jitters like I was talking about in uh, batting practice right before the game started. So right when that game started, he got us off to a bang, and everything kind of just settled in from there, and it's nice to get game one. It seemed like you guys had an excellent approach against Valdez. Yeah, we were just trying to get him up and over the plate and up. You know, that's the hardest thing with you know, fishing 95-mile-an-hour bowling balls up there, so we were just trying to be aggressive on the heater and get him up, and we were able to do that.
1: How did you guys hear the news about Charlie, and how devastating yeah. is it that he's
3: not going to be available rest of the world series yeah it's it's tough Uh, i heard i think in like the sixth inning um we heard that he heard like a pop when he came out of the game so um it's tough but we've been dealing with stuff all year and it seems like we overcame it and we'll we'll, we'll try and do this too
1: adam duvall braves outfielder followed freddie freeman
3: adam how big is it for you guys to get game one here in houston oh i mean it's huge uh you know come out Swinging the bats like we did, pitching like we did, um, you know, on the road. That's that's huge in a, in a series like this.
1: How about the approach against Valdez tonight, which seems so sound?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, we wanted to see him in the zone, um, you know, because all of his pitches have good movement. So we wanted to try and get the best pitch we could get to hit and, and take our A-hacks at it. Walk us through the home run that you hit in the third inning. Yeah, uh, so he picked off a couple times, uh, and then uh, then he went change-up, change-up. and. Um, You know, I was trying to see him up in the zone and, and, you know, it ended up down, but it was up just enough out of his hand that that I could put a good swing on it.
1: How did you guys hear about Charlie Morton going down? How big of a loss is that for you in this series?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I haven't gotten a chance to get in there and talk to him, but, uh, you know, you know he's going to give it everything he's got. And and for him to walk off that mound, uh, you know, he has to probably be, be in some pain. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting in there and talking to him and seeing how he's doing
1: amazing is it that he basically got four batters out with a broken leg?
3: Well, I mean, that's kind of the first I've heard about it. So uh, I didn't know that. uh, But that just shows you what kind of gamer he is. Dusty
1: Baker, the Astros manager, talked about positives in this game.
4: Yeah, just because you don't get hits, that doesn't mean that you didn't have quality at-bats. You know, as a hitter, you you can't guide the ball. You wish you could, but, you know, your, your job as a hitter is to get a good pitch to hit and then, you know, try to make a good pass at it and hit it hard. And after that, it's out of your control.
1: Astros outfielder Michael Brantley talked about the performance of the Braves' bullpen. Yeah, they're a great bullpen
2: arms. We already knew that coming into this series. Uh, They threw high leverage, you know, innings in the postseason to get here. It's going to be a battle all the postseason, but we look forward to it. We accept the challenge. Um, It's a great group,
1: great lineup, great team. Uh, We'll bounce back. Braves manager Brian Sitker talked about Charlie Morton and the question of whether or not his leg was broken while he was pitching. I'm not a
3: doctor or all that, but I don't know that it was broken when he did that. I mean, it was stressed, but he felt okay. And, and I think a lot of athletes have have done that. I saw a kid foul a ball off his foot one time when we were playing the Mets. And it took a while, but he went back in the box, hit a homer, and his leg or foot fractured around in the bases. So I, I don't know that that's all that uncommon in these kind of injuries with baseball, football, whatever players.
1: Sector talked about how he felt in his first World Series game.
5: You know, once it... <sighs>
1: I was <laughs> I wonder
3: before we got here what I'd feel like when the when the game started I, I felt like it was a baseball game and, and you kind of get so tunneled in to what you're doing that you forget where you're at it's just
1: an it's another baseball game really loud baseball game Here's Travis Darno talking about the Atlanta Bullpen performance
3: every every single person in that bullpen has a huge heart has huge fight um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this but they all got big too and there's nothing more you want as a catcher. Here's Braves pitcher A.J. Minner on losing
1: Charlie Morton for the rest of the World Series.
3: I mean, it hurts losing Charlie. I mean, what he's been to this team all year. I mean, everyone knows Charlie. His career, is, he's a hero in the postseason. So it's definitely a blow losing him game one. But if you've been watching us all year, I mean, we've just been answering the bell and overcoming adversity all year. So we're just going to treat it the same way. Next guy up. It'll be Tucker Davidson, who will be
1: added to the Braves roster in place of Charlie Morton. Taylor, what do you got?
2: Buster, a couple of things. Of course, you can listen to Game 2 of the World Series on ESPN Radio. Pre-game coverage starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. First pitch, 8.08. Also, listen to ESPN's newest podcast, Swagoo and Perk. Really excited for this one. I love love those guys. It's led by Marcus Spears, Swagoo, and Kendrick Perkins. They are putting out new episodes every Tuesday morning. Swagoo and Perk will touch on NBA and NFL news, their lives and their journeys, plus can't miss conversations with the top names in sports entertainment. That's Swagoo and perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts and watch NBA Today on ESPN Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Malika Andrews is at the helm. She's joined by ESPN's full cast of NBA experts, insiders, reporters, and more. That's NBA Today, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on ESPN, the ESPN app, and wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. We're driven by the search for better. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com buster. Just go to indeed.com buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, mate. Welcome to the show. Whoa! Welcome to the show, baby! You're in the show with David
1: Schoenfield. David Schoenfield who covers baseball for ESPN. Dave, how you doing?
4: Uh, I'm good. I'm a little sad. We might only have three baseball games left this season, Buster. So uh, I hope that's not the case. I hope we have six more.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a four-game World Series. It just doesn't feel (laughs) the way. These two teams are too close. Uh, We're going to start out with a bleacher tweet for you. You got this from Kayaking Smith who asked, hey, Buster, Morton recorded two World Series strikeouts with a broken leg. I had a wasp sting my eyelid with swole shut while I was unloading pallets on a construction job. Have you had to do a job with an injury and just deal with it? Uh, and I'll just tell you my story. I'm going to get yours in a moment, Dave. Uh, it was just, a, what, four or five years ago that I got a really, really bad case of poison ivy. Uh, and for about six weeks, every time I... We're doing Sunday night baseball and I'd walk from side to side. I could feel my legs cracking because I basically had poison ivy from my ankles up to my thighs. It was really bad. And you are sitting there just feeling uncomfortable, but what are you going to do?
4: You know, what about you? (laughs) Uh, Way to suck it up there, Buster. Uh, No, it's pretty pathetic. I've been relatively uh, injury free in my lifetime. I'm trying to think of something other than like, you know, covering the world Series like with the sniffles, that's about as bad as it's gotten for me. So, uh, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully as I age here, I'll stay, uh, relatively healthy. Taylor, I can
1: answer for you. I think, uh, you know, that, uh, that first Monday after you had the weekend of what was it? 44 and a half drinks that probably <laughs> was playing injured.
2: Yeah. And in a, and a 15 hour car ride before that one time I broke my collarbone when I was skiing and I like fell over and my dad was like, all right, well, you got to get up and get down the mountain. How are, we, how are we doing this? And he's like barking at me and I'm like on the ground writhing in pain. And I did make it down and uh, all was good. But, you know, I, I, had to, I had to perform there after I was injured.
1: Yeah, we don't know uh, for sure if Charlie Morton uh, had a broken leg at the moment that he was hit by the ball or did he do it subsequently when he landed. You heard Freddie Freeman in the postgame interview talk about how, you know, Charlie apparently heard a pop on that last pitch that he had before he walked off the mound. It's pretty amazing, though, right? I mean, the fact that, Dave, they didn't even go out and check on him on that comeback, and you didn't really think anything of it.
4: No, I didn't either. And, you know, like you said, when he broke it, we don't know. He did throw 16 pitches, you know, after he got hit. So, you know, injured or not, that was still remarkable because he was pitching through a a sore leg for sure. Uh, But that's Charlie Morton. You know, this guy, he's Dealt with many injuries throughout his career, hip, shoulder. He had Tommy John surgery. And, of course, his last five years when he got healthy and he's been one of the better starters in baseball, just a remarkable kind of late career renaissance he's had. Um, you know, And as you know, one of the best guys in baseball, huge clubhouse guy for whatever team he's on. Um, so he he sucked it up and gave them 16 more pitches.
1: Yeah, he's as self-deprecating uh, a person as there is. It was interesting, you know, to hear all the Braves players when they were talking about the loss of Charlie Morton. They weren't talking about the loss of him in terms of his pitching and his innings and the fact that he won't be available to start Game Five or Game Seven relief. They were talking about the guy he is. Uh, I'll just tell a you know this retell this story that I've told the podcast before. It's my favorite story about Charlie Morton um, when he was a free agent after leaving the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Astros locked in on him because they love his pure stuff. Uh, and the, the Astros gave me a two year offer after a season, which Charlie was terrible for the pirates. So they go to pick him up at the airport and, and sit down to have a meal. And Charlie looks at the, uh, Astros staff. I think Jeff Luna was at the table, former manager, AJ Hinch. And he was like, why would you give me a two year offer? (laughs) like he couldn't (laughs) believe that anyone based on the year he just had, just gave him a, you know, a a multi-year contract. He was thinking he was going to get a million, you know, like a a very low level one year contract. That's Charlie Morgan.
4: Yeah. I remember talking to him once, you know, he's from a small town here in Connecticut. And he said, well, the only reason I got drafted is they were scouting another player on the other team. And I didn't even know what a baseball scout was, you know, but like you said, that's how he is very self-deprecating You ask him one question and he'll talk for 10 minutes. You know, um, he loves talking baseball. Uh, Obviously, he's been a great postseason performer. So needless to say, uh, it's going to be a scramble for the Braves to fill that game five start. Yeah, my sense is it doesn't necessarily
1: swing the power from one side to the other, but it does put pressure on the Braves to get this over with as soon as possible. What do you think?
4: Yeah, it's going to be those back to back games, games four and five, you know, Game four would have mapped out as a bullpen game with Drew Smiley kind of being the bulk guy like he did in the NLCS. So now I think they might need a little more from Smiley in game four than they otherwise would have demanded. Maybe it's just a regular start. And then game five, they can do a bullpen game. They do have Kyle Wright on the roster. Um, he was a starter in the minor leagues this year, only made two appearances in the majors. So he can – at least give you some depth if needed, but he's a wild card having, you know, barely pitched at the big league level this year.
1: Yeah. We were talking with Brian Sinker about Kyle Wright and his addition to the roster uh, before game one of the world series last night. And he was talking about how, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity to pitch a lot in the minor leagues. He hasn't been fully developed. They love his stuff. Uh, We've seen situations in the past when Kyle Wright was on the mound and, and it looked like, uh, someone who, for whom uh, the moment was speeding up, like yep. he looked like a minor leaguer in a major league game trying to sort things out. He's got a ton of talent, great dude. It looks like he's going to get an opportunity to pitch because of uh, because of that injury. All right, tell me your takeaways from game one.
4: Well, you know, uh, yeah, obviously, aside from Morton's injury and you know the short outing from Framber Valdez, that Atlanta bullpen. As your son knows, they were shaky all year. But, man, have they hit their stride at the right time, uh, delivering 20 outs in relief of Morton. A.J. Minter, he did not give up a run, but 2.2 innings, 43 pitches. He's been huge. Remember, this is a guy who, in late July, had to go down to AAA for a week because he was struggling so much. Um, but his last three outings, Buster, two innings, two innings, and now 2.2. He's been unbelievably huge for Atlanta. And then, you know, Luke Jackson, after those struggles against the Dodgers, he got five outs. Um, so that's got to be a huge boost of confidence for him. Um, and then Matsick and Will Smith. So, yeah, that Atlanta bullpen, unbelievable, you know, throughout the postseason. Um, they're going to need a lot of innings from him now, especially when we get to those games four and five. Last night during our uh,
1: broadcast on ESPN radio, our colleague Eduardo Perez was saying that, you know, he would have handled the later innings differently with the Braves having a four-run lead. You know, they go from Minter, then they go to Luke Jackson, uh, they go to Matzik, and then they go to Will Smith. I think if they were up to Eduardo, he felt like that they should have shortened the use of Matzik because they know that they have these innings that they have to cover. as they moving forward, including tonight? I-, I disagree with that. And I think I, you know, my perspective was shaped by watching Joe Torrey manage those Yankees teams in the late 90s. I think Joe's feeling was, is that during the World Series, if you have an opportunity to win a World Series game, don't try to finesse it. Come at it with the hammer and just finish it off. And as I was watching that game last night and they had that early lead and they're trying to get game one in the books, I thought Snicker handled it exactly right. What about you? Yeah,
4: I'm with you. I was doing live updates last night, and I wrote the same thing you just said. You do not want to fool around with your fifth and sixth and seventh relievers against that lineup. You do not want to give the Astros a chance to to breathe. Matzick, like, he only threw 20 pitches, so I think he's fine for tonight. Uh, he keeps telling Snitker that I can go every day. So he's got a rubber arm. Um, you know, yeah, if he if, if Matzik had gone up to, you know, 28, 30, 34 pitches, that would have been a worry. Luckily, he was fairly efficient in getting his four outs. I don't think it's a big deal.
1: Fromber Valdez, boy, what a head uh, scratcher, for, you know, watching him pitch last night. He was so great in that uh, game five against the Red Sox. And
4: last night, he was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I was shocked. Yeah, I mean eight hits, but it wasn't even just eight hits in two plus innings. They were rockets. I think six of them, or he had six balls in play that were a hundred plus miles per hour. He was fooling nobody. Look, he he got he has that great sinker. He has to get that call at the bottom of the strike zone. He wasn't necessarily getting that pitch, so he fell behind. And if he's got to come up a little in the zone. The stuff certainly flattened out a little bit last night, and he can get hit. Um, and that happened to him a few times during the season. You know, it just wasn't his night. You know, but credit to the Braves. They were on him. They hit two home runs off a guy who doesn't give up very many home runs. So not his night. Hopefully he'll get another chance.
1: This is a podcast first, and it might actually end our, our little segment here, uh, Dave. Uh, on my phone, it just popped up that we have a tornado warning in this area till 845, which is uh, 30 <laughs> minutes from now. It says take shelter now in a basement or an interior room. Dave, I'm going to say thanks for doing this.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, when you say this area, do you mean Houston or do you mean your home in New England?
1: No, it's I think here in Houston. Absolutely. Oh. It just popped up. So
4: we'll be talking later, Dave. <laughs> All right, Buster. Enjoy the game tonight.
1: Jessica Mendoza is serving as an analyst for ESPN radio during these world series games and Jess good morning to you I, I am assuming that your day started with that alert about the tornado warning
5: yeah I could not figure out what the heck because my phone was beeping that alarm sound and I was like that doesn't sound like my alarm on my phone what is it and then trying to like look at my phone and then I saw a tornado and like all caps so I like open up my door, look out in the hallway, like, is everyone else? Cause it says to evacuate, seek shelter. And like, I mean, you could, you could hear a pin drop in the hotel. So I'm like, am I the only, is this a joke? Like, am I the only one that got this? <laughs> what are you supposed to do?
1: Yeah. I'm looking outside the windows and, and you know, the color of the sky and wondering how people are going to react and people just, you know, walking through downtown Houston. So anyway, uh, it, <laughs> it's an unusual <laughs> event for World Series, Uh, I was going to tell the story uh, about how I was waiting to run onto the field uh, to do the post-game interviews last night and text popped up with you. You wanted to tape the podcast like at midnight last night.
5: Yeah, even one in the morning. So after (laughs) games, I like cannot sleep, like especially calling games. Like, you know, it, it, it gets me on this like rush that like I cannot like come down from. And so, I'm always up till like two, three in the morning after games, which makes it hard to get up in the morning stay. <laughs> um, but I'm on these like highs of the game. So I'm like, let's just talk. Come on, let's go. Let's, let's talk all about the game. Let's, let's do this. And then I forgot that we'd have to wake up Taylor. We could have shot him a tornado warning though and gotten him up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ellie, you, you, we identified you as being the bottleneck. Happy
2: to be the bottle, <laughs> bottleneck on that one. Anytime. <laughs>
1: Very nice. Uh, Before we move forward, Jess, what was your pre-series prediction on who was going to win between these two teams?
5: You know, I, I really felt like with Houston, their offense, um, it it just felt like it was unstoppable. And that like, even with the Braves and as good as they've been, but there's something inside of me that I felt the same way with the Dodgers. I mean, I was there with the NLCS and it's funny because everyone was with Boston and Houston. I felt like, media wise, right? Like that's where everyone went. And so like, there were just a few of us that witnessed like what the Braves were able to do, which is really beat the teams. They're not supposed to on paper. It just, you you look at how much better Houston is in almost every single category. And yet there's something about the Braves that I feel like makes October that much more special, right? Is they play the game and they figure out a way to win the games, especially, I mean, you look at last night, them getting on the board early, their bullpen coming in and they really rely on like three guys too. It's not like they've got seven just horses that they run out there. Um, but the way the formula, it definitely worked in game
6: one.
1: How much of what happened last night with Fromber Valdez was Fromber Valdez and not, not executing or losing his composure on the mound. And how much was a great plan by the Braves in your mind?
5: I think it was, it was definitely both like I, the Braves had a great plan that first inning. And I think the home run really shook from Braveldez. Like I felt like that affected him the rest of the game, not trusting his pitches um, that two seam, And I know Eduardo Perez kept saying like, he needs to go to his best pitch. And what I noticed is not only was he shying away from it, but when he threw it, he wasn't like, get, I mean, what we saw, and I know it was such a special, you know, in the ALCS, his last game, But, I mean, he was throwing the you-know-what out of that thing. He was like, try to hit this. The highest velocity, the best movement he's ever gotten, he looked timid. And, I mean, you think about it. First World Series, like, you know, for him, like, this game, like, just getting a home run hit off of you, batter (laughs) one. And and then the next guy comes up, gets a hit. And so it's like, okay, like, maybe I don't have my stuff. Now, the Braves did take a ton of pitches early. Which, by the way, they don't do. This is a Braves team that is like hacktastic. <laughs> like they get up there and they just start swinging. That's what they did with all the regular season. They got to the Dodgers series and now this one. And they are patient and with a plan and they're sticking to it.
1: How about Charlie Morton last night pitching on a broken leg, apparently?
5: You know, it, it's it's unbelievable like first of all i'm devastated because the person i mean you never want to see a pitcher in a world series go down but the person the charlie morton is i mean like i said there was nobody at the nlcs like media wise and I would just sit in the dugout and hang out with Charlie Morton and just talk shop, like just talk about anything. Like we could be talking global warming. We could be talking, you know, just about two seam versus four seam, you know, his career, he only pitched the one game. And so like he was hanging around a lot and the person that he is, um, you know, even you talk to his staff and the other, you know, pitchers on that team and how much they've learned from him. They're, They're really a young team pitching wise. Um, And so to see him go down, but it doesn't surprise me that if he did actually fracture it four batters before struck out two batters with a broken fibula. um, I mean, that to me, if any pitcher in the game could somehow mentally push through something like that, it would be Charlie Morton.
1: What the heck is going on with Alex Bregman? Uh, who looked completely lost in game one. And look, they, you know, the Astros had a lot of guys struggle, but no one looked uh, more befuddled than Alex did last night.
5: You know, it, belief. There's something about Alex and I've talked to him before when he struggled. I remember two years ago, I remember he went through that stretch where he didn't have a hit and, or extra base hit. Um, like he had like little heads, but he didn't have an extra base hit for like a month. And everyone was just like, what's wrong? Is he hurt? You know, and I remember talking to him, he's like, oh, it ain't nothing. Like, it's all right here. Like, totally Alex Bregman. Like, the confidence, the belief. Like, I use that word because there's something about Bregman that almost wills himself to do things that, like, I, sometimes I don't even think he's capable of. But because he believes it, it, it just happens. It, it's actually a pretty cool thing to witness when he he's himself. And, and it's not there right now. That belief of, I got this. <laughs> I'm really good. And I don't know if it's, it's throughout, you know, the course of the season, just wearing on you, you know, the last two years and the cheating scandal and everything that's happened to him, you know, if he's, if he's just, you know, been worn down, but what I, I talked to him right before the game and he kept talking about what he was working on, staying inside the ball. Charlie Morton gets in on his hands, with that you seam he always, he always jams them, but not once did he say, Oh, yes, I got this. And that's something that would have come out of his mouth easily two years ago.
1: Yeah. And after hearing your story uh, and then uh, listen to, to Eduardo talk about watching Bregman in the previous round, you know, that uh, phrase that Eduardo mentioned to us uh, in between innings, paralysis by analysis. That's what it feels like. Like you can just almost feel him thinking Bregman when he's at the plate uh, and sort of sorting through things as opposed to, you know, two years ago, Alex always seemed like one of those guys who was going to react constantly with the assumption that he would find a way to win. So, that, uh, but,
5: but when do we analyze, like we continue to analyze when there's doubt, right? And, like that's the difference is, is when there's some kind of like, oh, I don't know that question mark, which is so not like him. That's when we overanalyze, you know? I mean, I do it myself, whether it's in my job, when I played, like I find myself like doing too much work when I have doubt, when I, I question if I'm prepared, you know, And that's that's what you're seeing from him right now is definitely an over, you know, reaction to the struggles.
1: All right. In the couple of minutes we have left, I want to talk about the World Series as an event because, yeah, the games are fun. uh, And they're the reason why we're there. But I got to say, I love catching up with people and seeing their reaction to this really big moment. Uh, Like Eric Young, uh, the first base coach for the Braves is someone I've known for a long time. And he was so excited. Like he was almost tearful, weepy beforehand. Like, I can't believe I'm at the World Series. Freddie Freeman was kind of the same way too, although he was talking about being overwhelmed by the ticket request. And then I had kind of a fun moment. I was talking uh, with my son on the phone last night and all of a sudden I see this person coming toward me. I'm I'm interrupted. Uh, It was Reggie Jackson, Mr. October walking through. And I'm like, hi Reggie, how are you doing? And it was just surreal. Uh, that that happened. What about you in terms of the event
5: and the massive amount of people? And I think that's something that, like, I forgot too. Is like it's been two years, you know, since we've been on site and for the World Series. And just, I mean, trying to get through the masses to get to the batting cage, just to like talk to players, to be around them, and. You know, coming off just like a few days ago when you're at a championship series where there's hardly anybody and you're just kind of making your way, like, "Hey, Dansby, hey, you know, just players, whoever," talking. I mean, literally, it was like a salmon going upstream trying to get like five feet to be able to do anything. And that was my moment. It was just like, "Holy smokes!" There's a lot of people right now. Like, and you know, we we also haven't been on site a ton you know, these last two years, I haven't been on site at all for a game until this postseason. So there's that feeling of just like, wow, like not only is it like live baseball here in front of you, but it's like the event, as you mentioned, that I feel like is times a hundred because it's been so long since we've been allowed to do this.
1: What's a story that you heard yesterday that you really liked? Uh, You know, two for me, uh, Dusty Baker, you know, I asked him before the game in our meeting about his contract situation, and he just smiled and said, oh, That'll take care of itself. And he said, I've been the lamest duck <laughs> you know, in baseball year after year after year. His contract's set to expire at the end of the World Series, and you can tell Dusty's not worried about it. And then I heard a story about uh, after the Braves acquired the, all those outfielders leading up the trade deadline, and they were starting to set their sights on the Mets in first place. It was a team meeting and Ron Washington, the very expressive third base coach for the Mets, for the Braves, uh, told the players in the meeting, once we get into first place, the rest of those teams are going to see nothing but asses and elbows from us. And all the players just loved his confidence. Give me something that you heard yesterday.
5: You know, I think the power of Hank Aaron um, in this World Series and, and knowing that he he passed this year and um, Eduardo Perez asked both the managers about, you know, Hank and the fact that he impacted both of their lives. I mean, Dusty Baker, you know, played. He was on deck when Hank Aaron hit his famous, you know, go-ahead home run to break the record. And, um, just like the impact that, that Hank is almost like a father figure, older brother figure, the best way to describe that in Dusty's life, taking care of him, kind of mentoring him, taking him under his wing as a young player for, for years. And the emotion that immediately came into Dusty's eyes and you know, told us a story actually about um, the driver that used to drive around Hank all the time that was with him and how he called him, you know, recently. And he sounds exactly like Hank Dusty, being Dusty, was like, Cedric, is this you? And he's like, because in my mind, I was like, it better not be Hank. because That would just freak me out. Um, but in the motion in Snit Size, Brian Snicker saying, you know, that was who had belief that you should coach. You know, he had the power within the Braves organization to really promote Brian Snicker. And he says, like, this, he would not be in the position he is as manager if it wasn't for Hank Aaron telling the organization, this is someone you need to continue to promote and put in charge because he is a leader, um, and really giving snit that belief. And, you know, the tears kind of welling up in Snit's eyes. So it just, I don't know the power of a great man, um, and obviously a player that's here at the world series. And then, you know, my second one was Ronnie snicker. Okay. So the wife of Brian, (laughs) um, you know, and you know, the, the mother, um, And I just, I feel like her position, having both her husband manage the Braves and her son be the hitting coach, um, you know, for the Astros and her just like endless emotion. And I, you know, I'm a mother, I have two boys. Right. And so I can just picture her like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so excited, you know, Troy and Brian, but like, you know, at the same time, who do I root for? Like, just And she Brian even said she's out of tears. Like she just keeps crying. She's so excited and happy um, and torn and all the emotions. And um, I want to find Ronnie Snicker actually, because I wanted to sit down with her and, and get her, her side of things.
1: That's awesome. All right, Jess stay safe. All right. Thanks Buster. Dogs are an important part of our lives and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites that's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin and Pyrantel chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew, designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes. Call one 800 direct or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package.
5: Zero, zero, nine,
0: six. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah
1: Langs, reporter and producer for MLB.com. Sarah, what were your takeaways from game one?
6: Oh my gosh. I mean, I think my biggest takeaway, at first takeaway is Charlie Morton. What an awful, awful moment to see But, you know, the Braves are so resilient and we've seen this all year. And, you know, you have to imagine that considering that that injury news was put out there uh, during the game by the Braves, you have to uh, by the team Twitter and all of that. You have to figure the team was aware. So, you know, just add this to the list with coming back from the Ronald Acuna Jr. injury and everything else. So, you know. I'm not feeling as great about that Astros and six pick that I made to you about 24 hours ago, <laughs> uh, because honestly, you know, I was kind of expecting the Braves to win last night, even regardless, just because of Charlie Morton. Of course, that's not why they won, um, but they looked really, really good. That offense is really scary.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of cool to see uh, all four of Alex Anthopoulos's, uh additions during the course of the season in the lineup. You know, starting with Jorge Soler down to Jock Peterson. Pretty amazing uh, what uh, what he added during the course of the year. All right, let's play the numbers game.
6: Number three. Number three is one. So maybe I should have saved it for number one, but it's so good that I have to say this stat first. Jorge Soler leading off the game last night with a home run. I was doing this uh, watch party for MLB. We were live on Twitch and this happened and our host was actually introducing uh, three players who were with us, Trevor May, Tristan McKenzie, and Harrison Bader. And he pauses. He's like, Sarah, why is your face that way? And it was because Jorge Soler led off the game with the home run. We had never seen in the top of the first of Game 1 of the World Series a leadoff home run. I just thought that was absolutely incredible. This is the 117th World Series, and we got a first. I mean, it's just amazing.
2: Number two.
6: Number two is two. So, speaking of those acquisitions for the Braves, as you were mentioning, Eddie Rosario now has two or more hits, so multiple hits, in four straight games. So, we've only seen nine players have a five-game streak like that in a single postseason, and that is the record. So he has a chance to tie that record tonight, and if he does tie it, he could even go on uh, to set it in game three. But we saw Randy Rosarena do it in 2020. Others to do this were Nelson Cruz, Kevin Youkilis, Mark Lemke, Ken Griffey Jr., Marty Barrett, Amos Otis, Pepper Martin, and already all the way back to 1925 was Sam Rice.
2: Number one.
6: Number one is five. So the Astros have now lost five straight home games in the World Series, which is pretty crazy to think about. If you just think about how dominant this team has been overall over the last handful of years, of course, the 2019 World Series was the first World Series ever where no home team won a single game. But that five straight World Series home losses is tied With the Braves for the longest active streak, and there have only been four streaks in Major League history longer than five straight, the Reds and Cubs each had historic streaks of seven straight home World Series losses. So it's kind of fun because neither streak technically has to end. We could continue to see what we saw in 2019, but it involves the two teams in this series. So pretty interesting that those are on the line.
1: If the Braves go on to win this series, and they do need uh, you know bodies to fill in what uh, the innings that Charlie Morton would have pitched, who do you think might emerge as a hero for the Atlanta Braves? I, I think we saw a little bit of it last night. I think it's going to be those you know those left-handed relievers that uh, you're going to see Snicker rely on more.
6: Absolutely. I mean, I was so impressed with AJ Minter last night coming out and throwing two and two thirds innings, which might not sound like a lot until you think about the fact that this guy is a reliever. He's used to throwing about an inning here or there. He'd only thrown that that gone that deep into a game or deeper once in his career. It was when he actually made a start in the NLCS last year. He went three innings. But I that was the moment that they won the game in a lot of ways. I mean, they won the game when the final out of the ninth happened. But that was a moment that we've seen from so many teams where a game can spiral. And when he came in, was able to keep the tone where it was, where Charlie Morton had said it and continue that along, that to me is where they kept control of the game. So I do think it's going to be the relievers. You know, it was interesting to see Kyle Wright added to the roster entering the series, you know, in favor of, I believe, Jacob Webb. And I remember seeing his name and thinking, oh, wow, you know, he was key for them during that run last year until kind of towards the end of the Dodgers series. He lost his footing a bit. But I wonder if someone like him could also emerge. And it's always exciting to see someone who wasn't on the postseason roster until this moment get that chance to potentially shine like that.
1: All right, Sarah. Thanks for doing this. I will talk to you tomorrow.
6: Awesome. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Thanks,
2: Sarah. Thanks,
6: Sarah. All right. Find your shelter, please.
2: Bleacher Tweets. All righty, Buster. Bleacher tweets for a Wednesday. First up, we've got Kevin Larkin at K Lark 24 Kevin writes in, hey, Buster and Taylor, what is the rule when it comes to replacing hurt players on a World Series roster now that Morton is out? Do they have to go with one less player?
1: Hey, Kevin. Uh, y- no, they don't go with one less player. Today, we'll get an announcement from the Braves who is going to be added to the roster in place of Charlie Morton.
2: Next up, Justin Simmons at Justin Lance Sim 1 writes in, Can you think of another pitcher like A.J. Minter who struggles in the regular season to be consistent to the point of being demoted, but is lights out in the postseason? I find it baffling.
1: Yeah. How about Joe Kelly in 2018? Like, if you remember, uh, there was a chance he was going to be left off the roster entirely. He was struggling so badly, but then he began to focus on his curveball. He had a spectacular postseason, and then he got like a three-year, $30 million deal with the Dodgers. So that uh, guy turned around in about a week. Justin
2: signed that. Sincerely, a real reverend, which I think is very rude because as a a member, a man of the club. Uh Oh, someone laying down the law right there. We should respect each other, Justin. Let's go to David at Baseball Fan 1918. David writes in, hey, Buster and Rev, what is this
1: award Major League Baseball gave to Shohei Otani? Um, it's a made up award. Like they all are actually. Uh, it's a, like a commissioner's award for special achievements. Um, that that's what they called it. Uh, I think we had at the top of the show what the actual name was, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's cool. Major league baseball, uh, giving a tip of the cap to a guy who had such an unusual season.
2: Next up, Hashtag Caseman at Casey Gundy writes in, why is everyone so certain this would be a quote-unquote clean World Series for the Astros? They paid their minimal punishment and are already back in the World Series. Why are we supposed to believe they learned their lesson and are doing the right things?
1: Uh, Look, I I, I have a hard time believing that if uh, all of a sudden we heard trash can banging down on the Fox broadcast tonight, that no one would notice. I don't think that any of the Astros would get involved in that. Separate of that, very interesting. Uh, coincidentally, yesterday I heard a you know a, a, a speculation about a team um, that has played baseball in the last two months. I'm trying to muddy the waters to protect mm-hmm. this team, <laughs> but it was the first time I heard. Yeah, you know this team was definitely cheating and doing something. And I was like, what? Really? Maybe Chris
2: Bassett <laughs> yeah, was onto something, yeah.
1: Buster. Oh man, uh, you know if, if in fact it happened. But it was interesting that it's on top of everybody's mind, and there are people who definitely don't assume uh, that uh, that everyone's playing clean. Yeah, I mean they don't. I mean too. We talked yesterday. I know that's what it? you said. Yeah, Alex Alex Avila. We were talking about guys using sticky stuff, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Chris Bassett. Maybe he was onto something. Uh, They've got no credibility, too. So I understand where Caseman is coming from on this. Let's go to Brad Barber. I'm not talking about the Astros. I have no evidence on the Astros. All right. Yeah, me either. Uh, Brad Barber at Brad Barber writes, and Buster, if Major League Baseball only does one of the following the season, which do you want? Two infielders on each side of second, robo strike zone, pitcher limit, or universal DH?
1: Brad, you didn't mention the one that I want, and that is a pitch clock. Get Mm. the pitchers to stay on the rubber, the relievers in particular, It is becoming excruciating. I mean, every postseason game now seems like it's four-plus hours. That's absurd.
2: Pat Johnson is our last tweet of the day at the melting Pat. My guy, Pat, he writes in Buster and the Rev asked for favorite season moments. I have three watching the Phillies with my son, seeing Ranger Suarez, more from a closer starter and hearing the Rev call it the Orioles management for not even pretending to try. Thanks for the uh, the memories there, Pat. I, I think Pat's a new father, so I, I like his first one especially. That's awesome. Uh, and it's cool that you get a shout out, Rev. Course, I, I, that might have been my my personal highlight as well. Um, And who knows? I I guess the Orioles will probably be terrible next year. So some more to come on that. Thanks for writing in, everyone. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. And please follow, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: It looks like we got through without the tornado, Taylor. Thank goodness. Yeah.
2: Jeez, Louise, dude. I mean, I I was I was thinking that you would run to the basement or at least, uh, you know, hole up in the bathroom in your your hotel room. But you, you stuck it out in the lobby there. Brave buster.
1: And well, not really brave at all. I you know, I just <laughs> I got the weather alert on my phone and then there hadn't been any alarms in the in the lobby of the 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 hotel here. And remember, you know, this is a city that's been hit over and over and over again, right, by right. natural disasters. So I'm gonna follow their lead. If they're not all cranked up and getting worried about it, I'm not going to either, you know? Yeah, do as the locals do. All right. That's it for today. My thanks to Dave, Sarah, Jess, and Taylor, the Rev. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is
0: something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream TV satellite-free. You
6: see this? A
0: family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the
4: remote, buddy. I hope
0: getting all these games on TV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. TV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.